Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. Today we have part two of Little Thumb, a story about, well, so far, mother and father, poor couple, and their seven children that they have led off into the woods and left alone. The youngest of which, the titular Little Thumb, heard the conversation between his parents the night before, and set down some rocks, Hansel and Gretel style, to be able to find his way home again. And so, he has led his brothers all the way home, where they are too afraid to go in, but they sit themselves down at the door and listen to their parents talking. The very moment the faggot-maker and his wife got home, the lord of the manor sent them ten crowns, which he had owed them for a long while, and which they never expected. This gave them new life, for the poor people were almost famished. The faggot-maker sent his wife immediately to the butchers. As it was a long while since they had eaten a bit, she bought thrice as much meat as would sup two people. When they had eaten, the woman said, Alas, where are now our poor children? They would make a good feast of what we have left here. But it was you, William, who had a mind to lose them. I told you we should repent of it. What are they now doing in the forest? Alas, dear God, the wolves have probably already eaten them up. Thou art a very inhuman thus to have lost thy children. The faggot-maker grew at last quite out of patience, for she repeated it above twenty times, that they should repent of it, and that she was in the right of it for saying he threatened to beat her if she did not hold her tongue. It was not that the faggot-maker was not perhaps more vexed than his wife, but that she teased him, and that he was of the humor of a great many others who love wives who speak well, but think those very inopportune who are continually doing so. She was half drowned in tears, crying out, Alas, where are now my children, my poor children? She spake this so very loud that the children who were at the gate began to cry out all together. Here we are, here we are. She ran immediately to open the door and said, hugging them, I am glad to see you, my dear children. You are very hungry and weary, and my poor Peter, thou art horribly admired. Come in, and let me help thee clean thee. Now, you must know that Peter was her eldest son, whom she loved above all the rest, because he was somewhat carroty as she was herself. They sat down to supper, and ate with such a good appetite as pleased both father and mother, whom they acquainted how frightened they were in the forest, speaking almost always all together. The good folks were extremely glad to see their children once more at home, and this joy continued while the ten crowns lasted. But... When the money was all gone, they fell again into their former uneasiness and resolved to lose them again, and that they might be sure of doing it, to carry them to a much greater distance than before. They could not talk of this so secretly, but they were overheard by Little Thumb, who made accounts to get out of this difficulty as well as the former. But, though he got up the very betimes in the morning to go and pick up some little pebbles, he was disappointed where he found the house-door double-locked, and was at a stand what to do. When their father had given each of them a piece of bread for their breakfast, he fancied he might make use of this instead of the pebbles, by throwing it in little bits all along the way they should pass, and so he put it in his pocket. Their father and mother brought them to the thickest and most obscure part of the forest, when, 
stealing away into a by-path, they there left them. Little Thumb was not very uneasy at it, for he thought he could easily find the way again by means of his bread, which he had scattered all along as he came. But as he was very much surprised when he could not find so much as one crumb, the birds had come and eaten it up every bit. They were now in great affliction, for the farther they went into the forest, the more they were out of their way, and were more and more bewildered. Night now came on, and there arose a terrible high wind which made them dreadfully afraid. They fancied they heard on every side of them the howling of wolves coming to eat them up. They scarce dared to speak or turn their heads. After this it rained very hard, which wetted them to the skin. Their feet slipped at every step they took, and they fell into the mire whence they got into a very dirty pickle. Their hands were quite benumbed. Little Thumb climbed up to the top of a tree to see if he could discover anything, and having turned his head about on every side, he saw at last a glimmering light like that of a candle but a long way from the forest. He came down, and when upon the ground he could see it no more, which grieved him sadly. However, having walked for some time with his brothers towards that side on which he had seen the light, he perceived it again as he came out of the wood. And that is the end of part two of Little Thumb. And we see the brothers at least have some light at the end of this horrible ordeal. And we'll see exactly how safe that light will be. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, or Twitter at Folktale Project. And you can find us anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.